welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Thursday night. We've got a roughly four-game slate here. There is a game in Paris going on between the Bulls and the Pistons. That'll be happening pretty early in the day over here in the States. So we'll be focusing on the other four games. In this one, we are taking a look at the marquee matchup. We got the Seas playing host to the Golden State Warriors in a matchup of that finals. We are happy to say Steph Curry is playing in this one. We don't know if Jalen Brown is playing, but we will dive into all of that stuff here in just a minute. Also want to like want you to like and subscribe to that page so you can follow along with us. Check out our other game video and our player props that we're bringing you each and every weekday this season also want you to head to the lines.com you can check out all our great written content up there and use our odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those bets you make in the nba this season also want to let you know we do have a special episode about some future stuff talking with mark medina from nba.com he surveyed 30 media members uh that gave him their sort of takes on what's going to happen here in the second half of the season so we'll talk about how that impacts betting markets with him want to make sure to check that out nate let's talk about thursday night's games here get into that slate and then talk about C's and uh, dubs. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors plus six and a half. It's fluctuated a little bit to five, five and a half, maybe. Um, and the total has been creeping up from 237 to now 240. So we'll look at that in a second. The Raptors then are minus five in Minnesota. Wolves on a back to back. The Nets without KD are actually favored in Phoenix. Minus one and a half. I absolutely love the Suns here tonight. Chris Paul might return. Uh, Cam Johnson will return. Aiton is back in there. Tune into that game video to get more on that. And then the Sixers are minus two at Portland. Philly uh, looking good right now, although a lot of teams are looking good when they play the Clippers, which is their last game. Uh, So the Warriors, though, I mean, I could say to you, whatever other stats you want to throw at me, they're 2-0 in uh, high-profile grudge matches over the last uh, month and a half. And that is beating the Celtics at home beating the Grizzlies on Christmas again at home. Yes, they have horrible home road splits. I don't need to go into the exact numbers. We can just look at the record, which is obviously indicative. It's 17 and 5 at home, 5 and 17 on the road and neutral sites if you count their be- them beating the Spurs recently. And then they did get a win in Washington. Um definitely some good signs there in terms of Curry going off for 41. Uh, on a very high usage rate. They tried to get him going while Clay rested. And we're talking about a veteran team with extra rest now. After playing that back-to-back, they they get two full days off going up from D.C. to Boston. Um, and so while they obviously have horrible numbers against the spread on the road, when they get two to three days off, they are 6-5 and five against the spread, 7-4 and four straight up. Uh, also 6-5 and five to the under, and 8-6 and six to the under with a rest advantage. Um, and again, I know they're going over at a ridiculous clip on the road and have gone over in six of their last seven. But when they're underdogs, Josh, three straight unders, and that's against good, good offenses, Portland, Utah, Memphis. Um, and, and that's on the road as well. So, I mean, their defense has rounded in form a little bit, Draymond playing well. And I'm more concerned that the Celtics, while they have this incredible efficiency during their seven game win streak, they're back up to a 124 rating. They have an incredible assist-to-turnover ratio. They're hitting 15 threes at 37%. None of that has been the case when they face the Warriors. Um, I mean, the Warriors held them to a very poor assist-to-turnover ratio in the finals and in their last regular season meetings, which, by the way, have gone under 12 of the last 14, and they have not gone over 233 in any of them. Uh, the, The overs were 233 and 218, so that shows you where the offense is at sometimes. Uh, The Celtics, I mean... 
even without Andrew Wiggins out there, the the Warriors have a plan in place to contain Jason Tatum, whatever it is. I mean, there wasn't great personnel in Dece- on December 10th when they played him, but he goes six for 21 with a 76 offensive rating against the Warriors, again, just struggling mightily. Um, and the fact that Jalen Brown might not play if he's out, like I love, love the under here uh, because there is no one to pick up that slack. And then you're just relying on Tatum. The Celtics are playing slower without Jalen. They're playing more in the half court and just giving the ball to Tatum on the elbow. And he's taking bad, I mean, tough shots. I won't say they're bad shots because he he hits them a lot, but not against the Warriors. And when he played a good Nets defense, he had his least efficient game in weeks, seven for 22 from the field. That game went way under. Uh, so if, if Tatum's not going to be efficient, if the ball's not going to be moving as well as it should, for the Celtics, um, then I, I definitely look at their offense taking a step down against this team. You know, obviously they were flowing against the Hornets in their last two matchup and Tatum dropping 51. But this is the Warriors, and and while it's the Warriors on the road, it's the Warriors in a finals rematch as well. Uh, and they're going to come to play with extra rest. I do think they keep this game relatively low scoring, as we've seen every time they come come out against each other. Because on the other end of the floor, you got Marcus Smart, you got Brogdon, you got White hounding the Splash Brothers, and they've done a pretty good job containing them as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared of an under, but it's high, so I, I'm not going to hit it. But I, I do. Are you saying you do feel good about the the Dubs to to be able to cover like six points? I uh, I would. I would consider it. I would tease it up to ten points. Uh, but yeah, if Jalen Brown's out, I think I think they they do cover. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And you you kind of corrected me on some stuff that I found about uh, what they do without Jalen Brown this season. It's been five games, um, decent enough sample size, not huge, but in five games, hundred and thirty offensive rating. Uh, they are playing at that ninety four point uh, eight pace, which is about four possessions slower. Uh, per 100 than they play um, with him. Uh, uh, yeah, with him. So, um, I, you know, the, 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 but the thing is they've played the, the Hornets, not just two times. They played the Hornets three times. They played the Pistons once uh, without JB this season. And the other game was Brooklyn that they, they won uh, on the 12th recently where I believe, you know, Brooklyn's missing some guys as well, but either way, um, not, not much to work with there, to be honest, when you're playing, you know, the Charlotte Hornets three times and the, and the Pistons once. So um, I, I'm not necessarily going to look into, you know, the fact that they, they increased their, their three point percentage and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart just go, you know, skyrocket in their in their um, contributions on offense and, and their output and really efficiency as well, which is crazy. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon goes from 13 points a game to 20 when JB's out, not in there, uh, and shooting 65% from the field, 62 from deep. Only a few uh, attempts there, but he does get five more attempts a game overall from the field. Marcus Smart goes to 16 points and 10 assists a game, almost 11 in 35 minutes without, uh, you know, Jalen Brown in there. So some really, really good numbers for him as well a bunch more assist or a few more assists not too many but a few more assists so I don't know what you want to do with that for the total but I just think there's enough uh, around Boston to come in and support J- Jason Tatum now obviously is Tatum going to be the guy that he's been against the Warriors uh, you know basically since the finals or is he going to you know be the guy that easily put up 50 points uh, once again against the Hornets I think that's a, an interesting question but the most important question is is the you know and it's alongside that is the the Golden State Warriors defense going to show up on the road at some point this season 
I don't know why you would start banking on it now. That's my only thing. So I think your 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 take here is super sharp, to be honest, because obviously everybody is just liking points between these two teams because of that, you know, porous defense for the for the dubs. Um, two and five on the on the road in their last seven, allowing about 121 points per game in that time frame. So, it, you know, if it, obviously this game can still go under if the C's get to 121, but are you really going to be surprised if they get to 125? No, but that's what you're saying you're expecting, right? Is what the, you're saying what these teams have done against each other is going to sort of overcome the way that, you know, they've been playing against other teams as of late. The only thing I would caution against as well is that three-point shooting. And if that's going to be, you know, lethal around um Jason Tatum tonight and the other guys are going to be hitting threes namely Derek the three guys that you mentioned Derek White Malcolm Brogdon um you know and, and Marcus Smart if the three of those guys are going to be hitting threes um then obviously you, you know this they're going it's going to be a long night for the Dubs who are allowing about 15 made threes a game dead last in the league when they're on the road um allowing about 41% from three on 36 attempts from their opponent um so that's just a ton of points off threes man right like if if you're going to give up uh, all those attempts and and makes uh, there's not a lot of attempt uh, opportunity for any kind of transition buckets that they need as well which is also something that you get scared about with the with uh, the dubs on the road is is their defensive rebounding um, they really need to finish possessions so there's unfortunately their te- teams are shooting such a high percentage against them you know a better than 49 percent from the field uh, that there's not ample opportunities for defensive rebounds to be honest which is another issue so it's really just going to be about do they come along on defense at all um, I, I think they can score and like you were saying I, like I think Steph Curry can get his even though you know there's been some pretty solid work done against the Splash Brothers in general Curry gets his against this team and sort of just pulls certain superhuman feats out of his ass which I think is what you're worried about uh in in taking you know the Celtics at this current spread so I understand that but it does seem to feel like if Steph Curry is going to do that to keep this team close that's going to mean points on both sides and that's that's where I get a little bit worried about an under even though it is so high um and I, I don't know if I feel like they can come along and I do like the Celtics to be able to pull this one out by about five or six points uh and Winfield bet a few units hitting that yeah I mean there's just as much reason to be concerned about the Warriors offense in this particular matchup and and on the road and how much it dips uh even though Steph is back and Clay is playing at a high level here I so you mean you say the Celtics can get to 121 and it can still go under. It could go way under because the Warriors could just sit in the, in the middle of the third quarter and score like 98 like they have in this matchup at times. And it can go the other way, too. I mean, it's just all about the intensity that these teams bring when they play each other, uh, that there's just not going to be the same kind of free-flowing easy buckets you see when the, when the Warriors play the Spurs or you know, take the Hawks, some, some team there that's just like fun. It's, it's all fun and games, and Steph's just chucking up. Steph can go off, and I'm taking him over in player props, and I'll take Klay Thompson over 22 points, and I'll still say this game's going under. 240 is a crazy total right now when you have teams that are playing at a championship level, uh, I mean, that that are capable of it. I won't put the Warriors on that level because they are not right now consistently, but they're capable of it, and they've shown even, even as far as six weeks ago when they played the Celtics that they will ratchet it up and play at that level when they really deem the game important. And I think their only trip to Boston here, uh, I just think there's going to be too much intensity here for it to be a 120-120 game and for us to get over this unless it goes to overtime or something. Fair. And I would, Fair. Add- and I would also add, um, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss to, to not mention that in that Wizards game, the Dubs were kind of looking pretty uh, grotesque. They were down by almost double digits or so at one point. 
uh, until a fan started heckling Draymond. And then Draymond uh, went clean off. Joe Lacob, owner of the Warriors, actually went up to the fan and invited him to Boston. <laughs> I don't know if he's going, but he literally invited him to Boston to motivate Draymond to continue to play defense. If that's the case, maybe the Dubs come out and, and this is a much lower. I think either way. It's going to be hype as it's important for for the dubs. They they need to come out and at least show that they can play in this game. Otherwise, I don't know what kind of uh, confidence that they would have going into this playoff run. So and then this game. Yeah, the Nets are favored. They're minus one and a half. The totals at 220 between 220 and 222, wherever you want to find it. Um, certainly, if CP3 doesn't play, I don't know if if both teams crack 100 here. I mean, the Nets have barely done so without KD. Uh, in three games, I mean, the results have been they've just gone from just one of the best teams in the league to one of the worst. In, in every category you want to look at, he is truly the most valuable guy to his team in this instance. Uh, I mean, and you look at what happened last year, too, when he had a knee injury in January, They, especially at the start. They were 2-12 and straight up and 4-10 and against the spread. And a defensive rating of 119, an offense that only got 107 points per game. Um, and so you include these three losses. They've now lost 18 of their last 21 without Kevin Durant. And for them to be favored, I know what the Suns are going through. Um, and they, in their own right, have lost 10 of 12. Uh, 12 of 14, excuse me. Popping up with random wins at Memphis and Golden State, which are just utterly boggled the imagination. Uh, it's a completely different story. If Chris Paul is back, DeAndre Ayton missed a bunch of those games. He will play. They they expect Cam Johnson to return for the first time in months as well. Uh, even if Chris Paul doesn't play, though, I said to you, I I still think the Suns win. I I don't. This is a Nets team that scored ninety eight at the Spurs, the worst defense in the league by most metrics, ninety eight points. Um, that that is dropped from first in effective field goal to twenty eighth in three games without. KD um, is dead dead last in offensive efficiency overall without him. 16 turnovers to 24 assists. Uh, it's all on Kyrie, I guess, to just go off every game. He's dealing with a bit of a calf injury that hasn't listed as probable. And now he gets the full attention of Mikel Bridges with no Durant out there. Um, and, I mean, the, the, there's just no shooting around him in terms of guys being actually able to connect. I mean, sure, Joe Harris and Seth Curry can pull out of this funk a little bit. But, again, they're dead last in three-point shooting since KD went down and shot just 13% at the Spurs. Both teams do limit points inside the arc very well. Um, the, the Nets' defense is still there, and Jock Vaughn does a great job of coaching that. The Suns' offense is nothing to really trust, although it is much better at home. Uh, and they go under an extremely high clip against the Eastern Conference. What's that worth? For against the uh, uh, With a rest advantage, they go under. And they have two days off here. <clears throat> uh, and the Nets have been going under in pretty much every situation, but especially when they're on these skids, 11-4 and four to the under after a loss. So, I, I mean, the, the total is a little low to feel great about an under because I do think the Suns could – suddenly like get right uh especially with Paul if Paul does play here and and they could score 120 but i would take the nets team under what wherever you find that and and just take the suns as they're they're even money right now to win this game at home look they're not going to lose every game the rest of the season i know they're dealing with some dysfunction but this is an absolute lockdown this is going to be a win for the suns after they played <laughs> 10 of their last 12 on the road they got to come home and win this one. 
Man, I, I uh, man, I don't fully agree with you. And I hate to say that only because of how happy you are in your in your take on the Suns. And it's not a bad one by any means. The one thing I'm looking at to, to lead me to just go wait just one second is they they did, you know, lose that game to the Spurs scoring 98 points without Kyrie. And I think that matters. I understand in the other games, they weren't exactly scoring um, either, right? Against the Thunder, they only dropped 102 in the C's 98. Um, and, and so, you know, is Kyrie going to make that big of a difference with the three-point shooting as bad as it is? I, probably not. Um, the, it's, it's sad that the pace is, you know, <clears throat> is about a hundred, better than a hundred for them. They're like basically ninth in pace um, in, in their last three games without KD, but they just are so bad on offense and so, so uh, inefficient that they're still barely, you know, they're scoring, they're not even scoring a hundred points. So um, the, the lack of the shooting and the assists were, the assists were never necessarily the, a, a crucial stat for them. Um, but the fact that, you know, Katie's not in, in there and, and now there's no your turn, my turn with him and, and Kyrie, the offense is just doesn't know what to do. And it's going to take like 40 points from Kyrie to get this team to like 110 points in it in any shape or fashion because he's not really creating for others the way that KD does. And, and, you know, there's probably never been a player in the history of the league um, that can overcome bad offense around him like KD, because there's never been uh, a seven footer that has the combination of, of speed and shooting and distance um, in the entire league. Even Dirk was more of a back you down guy than, you know, than you have a fear of him getting to the rim from the three point line. So um, with, it's not surprising that all the shooting metrics just go straight down for them because they were already uh, in the top five in terms of unassisted field goals made uh, from all over the floor, you know, before KD went down. If you're not going to start passing the ball when he's gone, then yeah, you're, you're completely screwed. I will say I like an under, um, even if uh, Chris Paul plays because of the way the Nets have been losing without him, even if they, you know, even if they're going to score the 105 points that they're capable of without KD right now, I don't see them giving up, you know, 120 to the Suns tonight, um, you know, regardless of how fast they play. What scares me about the Suns is they're awful uh, home underdog, you know, record and, and the way that they're getting crushed by almost 10 points when they're home dogs. Um, but that's also in situations uh, where they didn't have DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul for three of those games. So do with that what you will. Um, I, I think, you know, if you think Kyrie is going to be, you know, stifled enough by um, by Mikhail the Destroyer tonight, uh, Bridges as we call him, then yeah, then I think that the under feels really right. I would say that this, you know, might make more sense at about 218. It's sitting at 221 right now. Um, I still think anything about 220 or 221 is still good for an under in this game. And that would be what I prefer based on the game theory that you're using rather than feeling that confident um, that Kyrie won't be, you know, the best player on the floor down the stretch if this one's close and, and able to sort of pull out the win for them if there's no Chris Paul on the floor. I like the under two. I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, and that's part of the reason why I like the Suns is, uh, you know, they've given up 63 paint points their last three on the road here with Aiden either out or playing disgruntled. Uh, but they're 10th in paint points at home. They're fifth in opponents, two point shooting their defensive rating, six points better. Um, and they limit assisted field goals, which I think is the key here. I mean, yeah, the, the Nets playing without Kyrie had to share the ball and be a true team against the Spurs who are actually fifth in limiting assisted field goals at home, you know, dead last and about everything else. But they're like, look, if, if you want to try to spread us out and beat us with, with execution, you're not going to be able to do that. And, and sure enough, I, I don't know if any team has scored 98 or less in San Antonio this year. Uh, and the Nets go ahead and do that. 
It's just like, who else? I mean, Kyrie can have 40, like you said. I mean, who else is scaring you? TJ Warren or like, yeah, 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 TJ Warren scares you. Yeah, you know, that would be who it was. Yeah, but yeah, no, he it does not frighten me. I mean, the last time these teams met, they it was without KD uh, in Phoenix, but with both Harden and Kyrie, and they lose by 10. Uh, CP3. Uh, obviously inspires a lot of confidence for you if you place this bet now and it's even money and then Chris Paul's playing because he he had 20 and 14 and was a plus 20 and just controlled that game uh, as as he did often the last two years. Maybe hasn't necessarily been the same scenario. Uh, whatever's going on behind closed doors, I, th- I do think the Suns can pull out of it enough to get this this relatively easy win against a wounded duck here that's still on a long road trip. Um it just has again regressed to one of the worst offensive teams in the league. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not picking uh, Brooklyn. I'm I'm definitely leaning uh, under here. Um, I, I just wanted to put a little, take a little bit of the wind out of your sails and, and the comfort level. And the only thing I really have to to combat that is if Kyrie's going to be amazing down the stretch. That's the only thing you can bank on. If Chris Paul plays, though, this spread is definitely incorrect for sure. So I, I feel good about hitting it now and see how that goes. We didn't even did we even say Cam Johnson might be back for them? Uh, looks like he's probably going to play. Which I mean, who knows what he's going to give in his first game? Probably not even going to make twenty minutes. Um, but man, is it good to see somebody out there for the Suns that can play on the wing uh, and make some threes like he. Can can so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's jump into your first one for tonight. I believe Mr. Curry. Yeah, and use the odds finder tool to see that it's minus 104 at FanDuel versus 120 at DraftKings for him to get 28 points. Uh, getting juicy odds at plus 115 to get five threes as well. And with Curry, that's not really a high number necessarily. Um, look, we're taking... The Steph in this game, we'd like to look at some Celtics, but Jalen Brown is questionable or going to try to play through an abductor injury that was originally expected to keep him out another week or so. So there's a lot of unknown on the Celtics side, but with the Warriors, they're on extra rest here. They're coming off a game where Curry posted a uh, 42% usage rate and scored 41 points in his fourth game back, you know, kind of a, a tune-up, if you will, for a matchup that he has thrived in. Uh the historic Celtics, of course, the, the finals rematch. We know what he did in the finals, uh, but I'll remind you, th- 36 points per game on 32% usage, shot 53% and hit six and a half threes in the three games at Boston. In his last two regular season at Boston, 38% usage, 43% usage. Uh, you include one at home against Boston there. 38 points per game uh, and attempting 47 threes in those three games hitting half of them. So, I mean, and we still say they play pretty good defense on him, Marcus Smart and company, but Curry obviously defines logic. Uh, and 
I think in a big game like this, you expect him to show up as long as it's close down the stretch. I, I have a hard time seeing him not getting his 28 or, or more. Um, yeah. And probably Clay Thompson too at 22 and a half. And, and despite that, I still think the total's too high at 240, which is what we're saying in the game video. I think both these guys have a fine game and, and Tatum might bounce back a little bit as well, but 240 is too high. Yeah, I mean, you read my mind. Like, I mean, it might be a nice little same game parlay if you take both of those dudes overs and an under in this game. Like, whew, I, I might like that juice there. Um, but you know, either way, uh, the only the only other guy I would mention to worry about if you are taking an under is Jordan Poole has not been negatively impacted by Steph's reappearance on the court uh, and continues to play at a super high level, scoring like twenty seven a game since Steph's been back. But um, either way, like Steph, a solid bet in a game that yeah is going to have a really you know. Very, 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 let's not call it championship and atmosphere, but, you know, all near playoff uh, and definitely the highest competition you get during the regular season. And, and that's where Steph is going to continue to thrive like he did in Boston in the finals, as you pointed out. So talking about usage rate, uh, Jojo MB continues to just dominate. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's missed too many games already or if he's going to miss any more for that MVP convo. Uh, he's not really in it right now, but I mean, he's definitely trying. Uh, 32 and a half points is his prop. I didn't really want to take anything else tonight. Nurkic does a great job of bodying big dudes uh, as they're taking on the Blazers, so I don't really love talking about the rebounds with him, but you can get minus 120 on points bet. That was the best place I could find on the odds finder tool there for JoJo to get uh, over 32 points um, in his last 10, 35 a game, uh, 10, 10 boards as well, and three and a half assists, but that 41% usage rate uh, is really what it's all about, and that's a direct result of Harden um, you know, just sort of taking that more assist heavy and point guard role. Even when Tyrese Maxey has come back in the last roughly seven games, that has not impacted JoJo's usage at all in the 32 minutes he's playing, still shooting 55% from the field on 22 field goal attempts and 10 for 12 from the free throw line uh, a game right now, which if you're going to get 10 points off the free throw line like he is, uh, you've really got to feel even better about you know him getting 33. His last two versus Portland, he's averaging 36, only seven boards, like I said, a little bit less against uh, Nurkic, as is often the case, um, unless you're Jokic and still get a triple-double the uh, last night versus him, but or two nights ago, but uh, yeah, 59% from the field for JoJo is against Portland in his last two and has made 17 of, a, of 20 in those two games combined from the free throw line. So Portland allowing the second most points to centers on the season, 24th in opponents point in the points in the paint at home, allowing about 53 of those a game, which is where Jojo is going to eat tonight. So despite I hate taking a, you know, a 33 point prop that I would need to hit to get over. But like, because I know that the, that this is just going through Joel, no matter what right now, especially on the road, the way he's been playing with his team. Like, yeah, I, I'm fine with 33 points against the, the, the Blazers. And yeah, I'm right there with you because I'm taking Dame Lillard over 31 and a half. Uh, and this reminds me of last week when we took a lot of props from OKC versus Philly because the, Philly, the yeah. assumption is Philly can't guard anybody, uh, but their pick and roll game is unstoppable on the other end. Uh, so we were looking at the 233 total for this game as an over. Uh, I still kind of like that. Um, even though, you know, but I kind of pivoted cause I, I like the Suns to beat the Nets much, much more. Uh, but that, that I digress. I mean, Dame is going to carry this Blazers offense. And if, if you think that the Sixers defensive backcourt is bad, um, you, you gotta see what he can do against them in his last three, 40 points per game on a 40% usage rate, which is actually aligned to what he's done in his last six overall 39 points per game. 
on a lower yeah. use rate, 36%. Uh, you, and you just look at some recent lines. I, you know, I mentioned that OKC game. Shea uh, goes for 37, 6, and 8. Russ Westbrook off the bench goes for 20, 14, and 11 against the Sixers backcourt. Jordan Clarkson goes for 38, 9, and 5. And those last two guys are not your typical superstars like Damian Lillard, who, again, is averaging about 40 in his last six and just trying to drag the Blazers out of this funk they're in. He does score two more points per game at home versus on the road, averaging 30 there. You could tack on the assists and get better odds, actually, because like Embiid, he's expected to get 32-plus every time out right now. Um, And he is getting seven dimes per game in his last few, and I just think there'll be enough possessions and enough offensive efficiency on both ends that he will get uh, some some assists to help you out with the points. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't go with points uh, as as a conversation in this game, like you said. But you did love that uh, that Brooklyn uh, loss there to, to to Phoenix at home, so I, I won't question either that. But I do like an over uh, in this one as well. Uh, you know, sitting at about two thirty three, like you said. But if that's the case, maybe you like Anthony Simons as well. Uh, it's it's a little bit low; it's twenty points, but he has been negatively impacted since Dame has come back. Just in terms of his output, he's got a couple twenty and twenty one point games in there since Dame's return. But it's hard to uh, to get shots up when Dame's putting up 39 40 a game including a 50 burger in there as we know so uh, you know you might consider over three and a half threes for Anthony Simons if you're going to do that you might as well consider the 20 points for him to get as well uh just the way that that Philly's backcourt is hemorrhaging points to uh to opposing guards of any kind including shooting guards but the other one I would consider uh and this is one that you have to monitor is the Golden State and Boston in that game Marcus Smart and what he might be able to uh to pull off he's already got his prop up at 11 and a half points, Nate. Um, and I, I would like to take that with with or without Jalen Brown, to be honest. But um, I, I would really, really, really like it if Jalen Brown doesn't play. Uh, that's when Marcus Smart, obviously, he gets a bunch more shots a game. He and Malcolm Brogdon, we talk about it in the game video, uh, both step up tremendously in those situations. So with Marcus, you know, the fact that he scores about six more points a game when Jalen Brown's not in there um, and, and also gets about ten and a half assists a game when he's not in there. Right now, the assists are about six and a half for him with really bad odds. If you want to take it, you really got to get him at set at Marcus Smart at seven and a half assists um, to get a bit closer to like even money rather than the, about minus 150 on DraftKings for him to get seven. So just using that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting some actual juice back on Marcus Smart. I love the assists if Jalen doesn't play. So maybe you want to hit it now. I know you said Jalen Brown said he's going to play today and shoot around from yesterday was a quote that he gave. Um, but, you know, it's not also up to him. So he might still not play um, if, if the coaching staff and medical staff decide he shouldn't play in this one. Obviously, he's going to want to. It's a team he's, uh, in terms of the dubs, he grew up obviously rooting for them out here in Cali. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that he wants to play in it. So we'll see. My, my main point is monitor that. You're going to have time to see if Jalen Brown's playing but t- by the time you see this video um, to monitor that. And if he doesn't, then I, I like, you know, Marcus Smart all the way up to like 13 and a half points. I would still take over that. And the assists, if they're anywhere under like, you know, eight or nine, like they are right now, still feel really good about those as well. Yeah. I mean, first on the Celtics, I mean, Smart steps up against the Warriors every time they play. So I, I don't have any problem taking like kind of his whole package PRA, probably, I would think more than just the points. I haven't looked at the exact odds difference there, but. Uh, he should be out there for for heavy minutes tonight. And and Jalen, even if he, he said, I'll try to play. So even if he's out there, might not be the same type of usage he usually sees. And then the Simons yeah. pick, yeah, I was thinking him instead of Dame, actually, just because the value in terms of points 
because the Sixers are giving up points all over the place. And to guys that weren't necessarily hot before, like I mentioned, um, they're, they're particularly vulnerable against the shooting guard position, although they did move Maxi to the bench. So um, you might not see as much of him in the in the first unit. Simons might not. Uh, but I do think yeah. he gets 20 points and as, since we do like points in that game. And that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We've also got a couple game videos on this little Thursday night slate for you. So until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.